everyone. This is the 14th episode of the Pedal Podcast, and it has been a break again. I am really struggling, I have to say, in this summer to get some uh, guests in. Um, that's down to several factors, I believe. But anyway, now we're back. Uh, I was even thinking that I will call it a second season because we had this big break and now I've got quite a few guys lined up for the next week, but you never know if they, <laughs> if it's going to uh, come together. But anyway, um, this week I had David or David Segura Pravia, who's the first who actually reached out to me that he would like to feature on the show and it it was definitely worth it he's a lovely lovely person and he is the founder of uh, Paddle London which is a pioneering company uh, which dedicates itself uh, on bringing this exciting sport of paddle to the United Kingdom with a primary focus on Greater London we actually cover it why it is London and not like Paddle UK um, he was inspired by the rapid growth and success of pedal in Spain during the early 2000s and um, he is aiming to replicate this success by using best practices and strategies from that period. We go into a lot of details about what it is exactly what they're doing and, and how he believes uh, the world of pedal could grow. Uh, Pedal London provides comprehensive services ranging from building top quality courses to organizing fast-paced tournaments designed to engage and thrill participants. So yeah, uh, David is an avid pedal player. We talk about it quite a bit and um, on how he plays, what he plays with, where he plays. Um, and basically, you can just get an overview on how Paddle is evolving in London. So it's really insightful, as always. Hope you will uh, enjoy. And um, as I mentioned, um, there will be quite a few guys coming uh, in the show in the next couple of weeks. Quite interesting people. Really interesting people, I should say. So yeah, uh, please have a listen and uh, yeah, just enjoy. Hi everyone, this is another episode of the Pedal Podcast. If I'm not mistaken, it is the 14th. And this is, again, a fairly special episode because I've got David Segura Pravia with me. And he's the first who actually reached out to me that he would like to feature on the podcast because uh, he he believes that the work I'm doing is, is fairly uh, beneficial for everyone. And he wanted to talk about his background, what he's doing. So David... Thank you for accepting my invite. Thank you very much, Denise, for inviting me and for for this opportunity to uh, uh, uh to to be in your program in your podcast. No, it's great. It's it's great to have you. And uh, and as uh, people can uh, potentially guess, David is Spanish, and we actually spoke about it that you're from the capital. Am I not mistaken? That is correct. I'm from from Madrid, from Spain. Yes. Okay, so uh, first question, which I always ask from everyone, but obviously for you, it's a little bit more straightforward. But when was the first time you got um, you actually came across battle and and uh, how did you get into battle? Well, obviously, it was in Spain. Battle uh, started to become popular uh, around the early 1990s, uh, the 90s. Uh, the uh, explosion in Spain happens during the the late 90s, beginning of the uh, 2000s. So I saw Paddle literally just, the, the first Paddle call I saw was 
near my house uh, at the time in the 90s uh, the council uh, made this uh, concrete paddle court for for everyone to use uh, and that was the first approach to the to the sport that I had um, the sport became very popular in Spain due to for instance uh, the prime minister at that time in the 90s started to play paddle Mr. Jose Maria Azna, and and paddle was broadcasted everywhere. So it was people started to think to 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 ask the question: What 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 is this thing that uh, the prime minister was was playing, right? And uh, and that why that's one of the reasons why paddle became so popular in Spain. It was something that was always in the news, and and you know that the, there was a lot of media attention in regards of of the sport. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think Spain is is the pace setter absolutely in in uh in Europe and uh we we all know that it started off from Mexico in 69 when when a guy um actually decided that he doesn't have space for a whole size uh, uh tennis court so uh he just came up with this uh, pretty uh, interesting idea to put some <laughs> some concrete walls and 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 just play something else with the full size full size tennis rackets right to know how how it all started off but but yeah spain um i remember when when i when i used to work in london in in 2011 2012 that was that was already a talking point that this is uh more popular in spain than it is in in um it, than than tennis is really in spain so yeah. it's pretty crazy that it's uh it just sort of picked up that way and um and obviously you look half your age so i'm I, when you said that you you came across it in the 90s um I was a little bit surprised that you uh you already knew it by then. It was it was very popular. Uh, my background is tennis, so I used to play tennis when I was young. And and Paddle just came across as a complement or or another another racket sport, right? Uh the theme with Paddle was that it became extremely popular and so it's a very social sport. So it became very, very popular. So people started playing. It's much easier than than tennis. Is uh, it easy, easy to pick up? And um, my understanding is that people get frustrated at some point with tennis, and then a lot of people transition to paddle. And 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 also just the as as I said before, the social element of of paddle uh, that is played by with uh, you need four players and so on and so forth. Um, it's the key. It was the key element for, for to explode in 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 Spain. It's a sport for masses. It's literally it's just played by everyone. My mom plays paddle. My dad plays paddle. Uh, Ten years ago, so so you can see that it's it's kind of a very open and social sport, um, and that's the way that the philosophy that I, I like to bring to the to the UK. It's based on what I learned from from Spain, what I saw, what I witnessed uh, in, in Spain. Yeah, absolutely, and um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's great to see that you know now now in the UK there's a lot of Spanish speaking people. I'm not just obviously saying uh, Spanish people, but you know from from South America as well. Uh, we've got a great uh, club manager, Marcus Garcia, in um, in Weir Paddle in Bristol, and he just mm -hmm. won a tournament over the weekend, so he's a pretty handy paddle player as well. And and um, and a lot of um, a lot of English 
native people. Um, it can be American. It can be. It can be. Um, you know, British. It can be English. Doesn't matter. I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm neither. I'm. I'm from the EU. So for me, it's. It's. It's a bit different. But it's. It's great to see that a lot of people are actually trying to. To. To build this sport up from scratch in a way, because obviously it has been. It has been there in in Spain for that long, like thirty plus years. And yeah. we're talking about like in South uh, South American, like in Argentina, even even earlier than that. So it's 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 absolutely great. I wanted to go back to um to your personal life. So now you live in London. How did you? When did you move to the UK? And and how come you you've chosen London? Uh well, it was twenty years ago, and I, I like I like I visited uh, London first time twenty five years ago. I fell in love with the city itself. I think it's a modern. It was back 25 years ago, it was a modern multicultural city, uh, which you always saw in movies and things like that, but you have to live here to to, to get the, the, the real feeling of what London is. And I fell in love with it. And then uh, in regards to business, uh, it's a much welcoming city or, or country, UK, to, to make business more open to the world. Um, so that's why basically I decided to move here. My background is in, in terms of business is IT, computers. I'm an infrastructure manager, but I fell in love with the city. And therefore, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons why instead of calling it another name, it's called Baden London, because, you know, I'm, I'm enthusiastic about this city. I love this city, London. And, um, I just wanted to to bring Padel to, to, to this city in particular. Uh, there are plans to, to, to obviously in the company to, to expand and to, to make it more available to other cities. But the reason why I created Padel London was because my passion for this city or, or the, 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 uh, what I feel about this city and what I feel about one, one of the sports that I love the most. So that those two things comes together uh, as in Padel London. Okay, so let's talk about Paddle London then. Uh, what is Paddle London exactly? The approach to the company I created three years ago is to bring to everyone, or to bring to the UK, in, in, in particular to, to Greater London, or the uh, M25 ring, the sport of Paddle. The way I witnessed, the, the way I saw it expanding and exploding in Spain. Um so in order to do that, my understanding was that I have to bring the whole sport as one unit, meaning that we cover from building courts to trips to Spain, uh, leagues, uh, etc., community. So we have got over 400 people on our WhatsApp groups, a thousand something on Facebook, 4,000 people following on, on Instagram. So we like to create that sense of community, which is the fundamentals of this sport, right? So it's a social sport. It needs a community, community of people that like to play uh, and to find new players and so on and so forth. But yeah, the, the, the understanding of the company is to collaborate with all the companies in order to be able to bring the whole sport as one thing from, from as i said from building 
uh, equipment, rackets, so on, um, to trips to Spain, which is the last thing that um, that we added to our portfolio. You you said that you uh, started Pedal London three years ago, and and I actually wanted to ask you what was your your basic motivation behind actually starting the company, and and how how much did Paddle in the UK change within this three-year period? And and I also had that question, which I, I just sent to you as well, but just a sort of an overview in, in your point on, on how much did um, Paddle change in the UK in the last three or two years, really? Mm-hmm. So what what was what was your motivation and, and also how much did it change? That's that's the main main questions. It started very it's simple and 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 obviously it was in a company when I started three years ago. Um, but it was just a group of friends that, that we started playing in Bishop's Park, uh, in, in Roxlane Bishop's Park, when the three uh, first three pilot courts uh, were built. And we then then uh, the NTC comes along with three pilot courts, and then. I play more and more and more often, meeting new people, adding people to the to the WhatsApp group. So at the beginning, it was just only a WhatsApp group of and of paddle enthusiastics. That started to grow in my mind and saying, okay, you got something here that it's big in Spain. You can do something. You can bring the sport to here. You can bring the passion of this sport to to the UK. The UK is a tremendous country for 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 this sport is the uk is the the where tennis was uh, invented and and so on so the potential of bringing paddle to the uk was unquestionable it was it was straight away so then from from that little thing small thing that the whatsapp group was we started adding new things and and i started sort of um Talking with other companies, bringing things, talking with with uh, companies in Spain to bring paddle courts here. Then I had the opportunity to start with a project to to build paddle courts for real in a club here in London. And then I started researching and researching and researching how to build the paddle courts. What the weather conditions are in the UK different than in Spain? What would be a best poke paddle court to bring into the UK? Then I come into this this company which uh, we're working with, and we were able to bring paddle courts to the UK. That was another service. And then I say, okay, we have to bring the whole thing, the whole sport as as a three sixty as we call it three sixty uh, to the UK. And that's why you know I I started Paddle London as a company. How things have changed in the last three years? Where well, I've seen it is. The way I, I, I see this, there, there was two waves, right? We are in the second wave. The first wave was in the mid-2000s, 2008, 2010, when the first pallet courts were built in, in, in near Canary Wharf. I played there. But the sport, and then there was, there was a pop-up in, in Canary Wharf and, and so on, but people didn't really know what the sport was about. That first wave sort of got diluted for a while. Then Stratford Paddle uh, Club came along. And then I saw that 
more and more British people started to invest in Padel, which for me was this the the, the what opened my mind and said this is the opportunity. You have to be part of the second wave. The LTA added Padel as as, as uh, in the umbrella. So I was like, this is this is the this is the time for if you want to create a company and bring Padel to the UK. This is the, this is the opportunity. And then is when when I created uh, Padel London. So it was a little bit of, of everything: the WhatsApp group, the, the friends, that's the community part of it. Then the project that I have for this uh, for this club that was part of the of the business itself. And then when I saw that really there was investment on on this sport, that was that was the uh, the the, the no brainer decision of 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 creating the company. I mean. Um... You know the the work what you're doing, and and also another question just popped in my head. So the the work what you're doing is really essential, like I think, because London is almost like a a whole country by itself. And and my question, which which appeared, but it's sort of I I already sort of answered it, is why not Battle UK if you know what I mean. So why just London? And I get it that you are based in London and, and you want to, you want London to be prosperous in terms of like pedal courts and everything. And now it is actually starting to pick up big time. Um, I'm based in Bristol as we, we spoke about it off air and, and Bristol is now the capital of, of pedal in the UK, but London is almost within a few months. There are quite a few, courts and pop-ups and and I'm and I'm talking about like the Battersea station um yeah. and, and rocket pedal and and obviously um now Canary Wharf will have its own courts uh opening on the 26th I think of of yeah. August 28th 28th um with Padium so shout out to them uh yeah. because it's a, it's a brilliant brilliant project so what was what was the thinking process? Why is not Paddle UK? Why is it Paddle London? Uh, that's a really good question, and uh, there's an explanation for that. Uh, I like to do things in a granular way, right? So let's start from London. Let's see whether the services and the and and the things that I bring will be successful or not and then we expand i'm not particularly uh, uh supporting the idea of okay let's do a a, a big company national and, and so on and so forth with no proper foundations so my understanding is that if you can make it in london you can make it everywhere right so they say that for new york as well so if you can make it in new york you can make it everywhere that's that's the mentality I have got, right? If you can make it in 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 London, and we've been proved so successful so far with the tournaments, the uh, uh, the things that we're doing is is we getting popular. Uh, then I can expand. Then then there's no rush. I mean, uh, the with the current regulation in terms of 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 paddle, and I know it's exploding, but not as the pace that in other countries due to restrictions in terms that we can talk about that uh, later on. Uh, but there's time for everything, right? So if I be able to create a community, to have projects within London, 
important projects in terms of, of building courts and so on and so forth. The world is, is your oyster. Then we're going to do more countries that we can go national. But let's start with the proper foundation and then we we uh, we expand. No, I absolutely love that thinking process because uh, London, as I said, is is a whole country by itself. I, I used to live in London, so I, I, I pretty much know what I'm talking about because it's uh, um, you're from Madrid, which is obviously a big city, uh, one of the main cities in, in the whole of Europe. I'm from Budapest, which is pretty much the same, but London is a whole different world. London okay. is, is only comparable to New York and Tokyo, really um where where like everything is happening in london so i i do i do appreciate that and and i think um and to be fair i want to get into that one because because you said that you really want to talk about the rules and regulations and why is it really really tough to to get the pedal up and running in in the uk so i wanted to pick your brain on on what's the main block why is it not actually happening on the same pace as it as it is happening let's say in italy or or france or uh, now germany germany is also a good good example because germany really picked up now denmark is really kicking off so there's a lot of positive examples um and and that's just great to see that yeah it's it's happening all over the place why is london and the uk a little bit slower well my understanding is that there's two two uh factors here right so first of all is is the weather the weather means that uh you need in order to to make your your investment uh to make profit of of your investment quickly, you need you need a canopy, you need sort of like a roof or an indoors uh, space, which you, we have got already examples, rocket paddle, wheel paddle, etc. In order to do that, you need planning permission, which in the UK is very restrictive, right? So planning permission is one of the main blockers at the moment that I can see in regards of the expansion of, of, of the sport. It is true that councils are getting more familiar with the sport and councils like the idea of paddling paddle into their own council. So we're progressing quite well in, in, in regards to that. But three years ago, planning permission was a nightmare. Now it seems it's, it's getting better or it's, it's getting into you know a better pace. I always suggest to everyone to go through pre-planning and then planning permission to make sure that all the questions that we'll raise for, from planning permission will be um, sorted out on the pre-planning. Yeah, the, 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 the conditions and the nature of, of the process to, to build the paddle courts is, is one of the blockers. That's mainly what, what I can see. The, um, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I get that, and I and I have uh, and I have heard that before, not from you, not just from you, obviously, and and uh, and I think it's a slow process, and and everything because we're talking about literally one of the lawmaking muggles from from history, and and obviously one of the one of the main main uh, factors in the in the world history, uh, the UK in general, that like things are. Are different things. Things are are totally. Uh, it, it is it is really tough there. Um, 
can, I can put you an example very quickly. Coming yeah, back please. To the uh, planning permission and so on, right? So uh, in Spain, for instance, it's much easier to do that because the restrictions are not there and the sport is already popular. So when you put panel into planning permission, it's it gets approved easily through the fact that it's gonna bring a community, it's gonna it's gonna be good for 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 young people. Young people in, in, in Spain love paddle. So the, the sense of the community makes makes the, the planning permission much easier. Another factor here is the sound, right? So people has complained already in regards to the sound and as as, as soon as you say paddle into in, in, in a council, the first thing that they raise is the sound that is a very noisy sport. Um, it is noisy, but it's not that to the, the, the advantages that it will bring. It's, it's literally much more than, than the noise that, uh, that, that it's, it, it produced. Um, I have got examples in Spain that is literally flats surrounded, uh, a panel coach surrounded by flats and not many people complain about it. Uh, so, as I say, there's there's things that it's because people are not familiar with the sport and they see they see it as an alien thing. Um, why we're not progressing the way I witness in, in in Spain? As soon as the sport will become more popular, I'm pretty sure that the restrictions will ease. Do you also think that to um so it's it's almost like a catch 22 isn't it that uh I always ask about the olympic aspirations of the sport and um and I think if if it gets to the olympics it will it will pick up like wildfire um and and I think to be in the olympics you need better recognition so that's that's how I mean the pedal uh, paddle 22 shout out to Ben Nichols <laughs> but I didn't mean that but the catch 22 um I didn't actually think about it maybe that's why that's why he actually named his company pedal 22 um side note so so I think I think it's it's an interesting concept to think about that uh it will become an Olympic sport once it's recognized worldwide but also it needs to be recognized worldwide to become an Olympic sport. Is it an Olympic sport in the making? What do you think? I think I think it's, it's definitely going to be in the Olympics. It's it's uh, it's been on the European uh, Games in in Poland, uh, which is a, a really good um, a step forward to to the Olympics. One of the things that paddle brings in terms of and and I believe that's going to be the one of the key points for for paddle to explode everywhere and it's it's a bit very visual sport right so uh the rallies that you can see on the world pilot tour or the uh, premier pro or so on are extremely fun to watch uh, and i remember one friend of, of my wife his son was talking with me about paddle and i put on YouTube, and he was like literally just staring at the TV, so watching that uh, rally and how the ball moves everywhere, and and the players, and and so on and so forth, broadcasting the sport into or bringing the media to broadcast the sport 
that will be the explode. I mean, when people see that it's a very fun sport to watch and so on, and the visual effect, they, they, so how visually attractive it is, um, that will bring the, the sport to the next level. Obviously, the Olympics will help, but the Olympics is the, the what the, uh, the International Paddle Federation wants to achieve. And they, I think they, they're doing really, really, really well. But the broadcasting and showing the, 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 the sport how visually attractive it is is going to be a key point on, on, on go to the next level. Uh, I find it quite interesting that uh, last year when I started playing paddle and obviously I knew about it before that, but I started last year and and I'm, I'm and I'm coming from a tennis background as well. I mean, it's a little bit uh, sort of a, I, I have a, a 30, I don't know, 33 year um, um, tennis background. So so I've been playing since I was a really, really small kid. And and I find it really interesting that last year when it was LeBron's and Galan's year, uh, when they won like I don't know silly fifteen tournaments or something ridiculous, um, it was broadcasted on BT Sport, which is obviously one of the biggest uh, biggest uh, sports channel in the UK. And this year it's not. And what really surprises me uh, that yeah, it's it's all accessible because Premier Paddle can be seen on YouTube and and WPT can be seen on the WPT app. But I just don't really get it that, yeah, okay, you you sort of pulled out and I'm by you, I'm talking about BT or now TNT Sport. It's it's an interesting one that they basically pulled out right before the transition that like, I, I think I'm, I'm a good example. I'm coming from a totally non-pedal background. I never, never played in Spain. Uh, I've been to Spain quite a few times, but I never played there. I never, never came across it. Never, never watched highlights. Only just like, you know, the weirdest, craziest points around. That's, that's the thing I've seen. And if, if I'm really drawn in and, and if I want to watch that sport every time it's on TV, it's just so strange that now it's not on TV and, and different sports are, and I don't, I don't know the background on what, or, or, or why it has been pulled off from, from BT sport, but I just find it really strange that last year. And, and that's, that's basically just a reply on, on what you've, you've been saying that, yeah, the, the coverage really needs to, to pick up. And I think it was there last year and now it's, it's gone back a step again. And and I think how the Premier Paddle and the WPT is broadcasted is absolutely perfect. The yes. angle, um, how how now the the English commentary is is really good as well. They understand what's going on. They they know the players. They know what they they are using. Yada yada yada. But long story short, why I'm saying all this is that I find it really strange that now that literally within the last year, Paddle really kicked off in the UK. A lot of courts have opened um a lot of suppliers just came over from, from the Scandinavian countries, uh, started uh, building pedal courts in, in London, in Bristol, in Manchester, um, and so forth and so on. And all of a sudden, it's not on TV. It's it's quite counterproductive. I, th- I think we need, we need to do the right steps, right? And, and obviously, back in the 90s in Spain, when people started playing paddle, no one broadcasted it, right? It was a new sport. This is a new sport in the UK. It's not a sport that has got 200 years uh, or 
30 years in Spain and now it's coming strong in the UK. Hang on a minute. It's a new sport. A new sport means that people starting uh, uh, familiarizing with the sport, people start playing the sport, and so on and so forth. Right? So we are like in the 90s in, 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 in Spain. The steps have to be taken the right way. By putting BT with with uh, with the Wopada tool, it was a great initiative. However, I don't think many people were, first of all, aware of it, uh, watching it, or, or so on, because it's a new sport. This is a new sport. So my understanding is we shouldn't pretend this is a the sport that is going to change the whole thing. And, and so hang on a minute. Let's just do the right Let's create the community, create people, start bringing people to the to the sport. See that how easy it is to 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 play, fun, challenging, and so on and so forth. And in five ten years, create that sort of infrastructure within Paddle that it will be broadcasted everywhere and people will watch it. At the minute, it's literally it's just very. We are living in a bubble of paddle in the UK. It's, the, the, it's still there's still a lot of steps to to do. The LTA is doing the right steps. Uh, the LTA is promoting it very well. They went to Silverstone and so on and so forth. More things and more private companies need to be involved in order to bring more people into into the sport. Okay, the more that we create a I don't know how to say it correctly. The, the more that we're trying to bring exclusivity to the sport, that's the worst. That's the worst enemy that we will have, right? The, the sport has to be available and for everyone. And that's that's how it, it becomes so popular in Spain because it was literally everywhere, codes uh, for free, et cetera, et cetera. So it was available in no, in in. in 15 years, everyone was playing paddle because it was accessible, fun, easy, and, and, and councils made an effort of, of of building paddle courts. But it's the community what really make it uh, different. Stratford is doing great with the community. Stratford is fully uh, booked every single day because they create the community. So the same thing have to happen in, in, in the UK is like do the right steps. People are starting with the sport. Don't don't over be overwhelmed about the sport. Oh, it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna okay, fine, fine, but hang on a minute. People need to start playing and we need to start bringing people to the sport. That's all. Then BT, Sky, whoever, BBC will broadcast it, of course. But Early stages right now. We are in very, very early stages. That's my no, and, and and it's good that you say that. And the, and the other thing, what just sort of popped in my head, we uh, we spoke about it uh, off air as well. That uh, what the um, the US is doing with pickleball is pretty much the same as what Spain has been doing with paddle. And that's why pickleball is really accessible, and that's why everyone is talking about it and not paddle. And I sort of feel that there's there's a bit of um bit of a frightening way of of in the US because it's so not accessible because like uh, an hour court in New York is like a hundred pounds uh, sorry a hundred hundred bucks and, and not a lot of people will 
and you know, pedal really needs to be played 90 minutes. It's not no. a sport which which you can which you can quit after 60. You, no, no, no. So 90 minutes, of course. And and uh, it, it, you, you make a really good point. I mean, this sport is not an exclusive sport. And if we if that's the approach that we're trying to do, Padel London will be completely the opposite. The uh, bringing this sport as an exclusive sport is is not going to be a successful strategy. However, making this sport available for everyone is the, 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 the correct way of, 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 of seeing this and, and, the, and the right way of bringing people, bringing infrastructure, bringing media uh, to the sport. If this is going to be exclusive uh, sport, that's completely against the philosophy and we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Every single player is important in our tournaments. What we celebrate is, is that people get into the sport and and we create sort of like a social environment where it's, it's social but challenging. So you got like a group of stage where everyone everyone will play against or pairs will play will play against others and then uh, we, there's a knockout um uh, stage where it's more competitive but that social element has to be there. Right, the uh, 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 pain. I'm not going to put a lot of money for 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 one hour of playing paddle. Yeah, that's going to be attractive for the next two years, three years, but it's not going to last for five years because people are not going to pay hundred pounds or, or whatever to a very a lot of a lot of money for for playing for one hour. It's not going to happen. It's not going. I don't see that happening. Yeah, no, I, I I agree, and and I think it needs to be um, it needs to be happening from the grassroots. It really needs to be because because yeah. otherwise it will be it will be so tough to uh, um, to to make it accessible for everyone. And we need we need to make it accessible for everyone. Um, That's the philosophy of of the sport. Is is a sport that is accessible to everyone. That's why it's easier. It's an easy racket sport, right? That you know can you can pull people from, I wouldn't say for a sport, or people that are not really doing any sports, you can pull them into paddle and they, they love it. And and I, I literally witnessed that, people that they're literally couch potatoes being extreme paddle, uh, extreme good, extremely good paddle players from zero to, to 100. And that's that's what paddle can bring, right? It's, it's a very easy uh, racket sport, which is increasing your challenges through your the the, the you through your progress on on the way you progress into paddle. But that element, it, you're not gonna take anyone who's not active and and is is sitting in his couch to a to a paddle court and pretend that they're gonna uh, spend a lot of money just to play once. It's not gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess you do play, right? In fact, I'm going to play literally in 15 minutes. <laughs> okay, good. Where do you play? Uh, David Lloyd's uh, in Rains Park. They open three panel courts, and that's mainly where I where I play, and as well in the uh, National Tennis Centre. Everywhere, everywhere I can. I'm, I'm based in Southwest London, so obviously I play more in in Southwest London. But uh, yeah, Epson, LTC, or Oxford, everywhere I can, to be honest. And what racket do you have? 
My Rackets is an Acheron, so we promote uh, the Acheron brand, which is uh, made in Spain, and that's that's my racket. Uh, Acheron Strong Breaker is called. Okay. It's okay. A, a top of the range from, from, from Acheron. So, look, I, I appreciate, obviously, the time, and it wasn't the easiest to, to get it going, but but I'm, I'm really happy that it actually happened. Last question, then I'll let you go. What is your plan with Paddle London, and how do you see it evolving? Well, at the moment, we, we're going to focus on the community, and we're going to focus, of, of course, into the uh, building part of the of the business. We want to build paddle courts for people. Um, we have created a, a rating system, which is going to be live literally within one week. That is going to allow people to sort of assess themselves into which level, what level of paddle they have got. And then we, we're going to create bespoke uh, uh, tunnels or groups for that people to to play together. That's that's uh, an ambitious uh, a project that I'm um, at the moment uh, working on. The trip to Spain is another example of something that we're doing uh, for for the community with a former World Padel Tour uh, coach. So we're going to keep adding new things for the sport, for players to attract and, and and get more people to play to play paddle. Uh, yeah. We're gonna increase the socials. We're gonna uh, try to. Uh, are we gonna do a, a a charity tournament for for Bernardos? Um, so that's we're gonna work for the community. We're gonna work for the for the sport to bring as many people as possible uh, to to play this uh, amazing sport. I think that's literally the the best sentence you had. You you said a lot of really really beautiful sentences, but well, let's let's keep this one as as the final thought, uh, David. I really really appreciate your time, and it was great to have an insight on um, on a real paddle enthusiast and and what he's trying to achieve within London and the whole of the UK and maybe Europe and maybe the world. Who knows? So it was it was a pleasure to have you and um, and yeah I'm I'm wishing you all the best and I'm hoping for uh, a game pretty soon. Denise, thank you very much. And uh, the game the game is uh, already scheduled, and uh, I, I'm I'm going to Bristol as soon as I'm there. I'll I'll give you a call. But thank you very much for having me, and let's uh, all of us continue working for for this amazing sport to. Uh, uh, to be available for, for everyone. Yeah, let's agree on that. Thank you very much, David. All right, Denise, thank you.